Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. My mother has never been more jealous of someone that I was going to interview than when I told her I was going to be talking to you. Because your mother is a very brilliant and intelligent woman. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. And I'm Trisha Bobita. And this week, in case you couldn't already tell, we are speaking with Jaime Camille, also known as Rogelio de la Vega in the CW series Jane the Virgin. You don't want to say Rogelio de la Vega right there? Rogelio? <laughs> I got self-conscious because you're better at rolling your R's than I am, and I'm the one who's half Puerto Rican. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. We can work on that. But Rogelio, yeah, you're better at it than wow. me. He also talks about how you really got to get the in there. Hi, my name is Rogelio de la Vega. Jane the Virgin is a CW sitcom, and it is about Jane, who is a young virgin who ends up pregnant. Artificially inseminated accidentally. Uh, Hi, Jinx. Surprise. And yes, a lot of crazy things ensue, including Jane finally gets to know her long-lost father, who is Rogelio de la Vega, who is very, very self-centered, but somehow also really adorable and endearing. Let's hear some of the show. Good. Then she will finally have to face me. Britney Spears? We happen to be in a little bit of a feud. A big feud, actually. I don't know why I'm downplaying it. I'm done protecting Britney Spears. Wait. You're not joking. Of course I'm not. Okay, then, then why haven't you talked about it before? I mean, Lord knows you dropped Gloria Stefan's name enough. I don't drop her name. I mention people like Gloria Stefan, Alejandro Fernandez, and Oprah Winfrey because they happen to be dear friends of mine. Then how'd you and Britney meet? It was years ago. I went to an award show wearing a look Britney liked. She expressed her admiration for the outfit, and I generously went home to change, allowing her to debut it in a video. She was touched. We became dear friends. Friends like... Like regular friends. We swapped concealer tips, career advice. When she kissed Madonna at the MTV Video Music Awards, that was my idea. On the show, Rogelio is a telenovela star, which is not too far off from Jaime's real life. But Jaime doesn't stop there. A true triple threat he also loves to take to the stage. He's played Billy Flynn in Chicago, and people can see him soon as Sam Carmichael at the Hollywood Bowl in a production of Mamma Mia. I was really bummed that I had to miss this interview, so it's just Greta and Jaime talking together. Sort of, Trisha. What? Not quite. Let's take a listen to this. Is Trisha going to be around? No, just No, Greta. just me. Okay. I just want to say hi to one to my imaginary friend. Like, hey, Trisha. And then, no, it's not. It's not oh, she is a very, she's an excellent imaginary friend. She's <laughs> okay, cool. superior. So um, in my mind, she'll be in our interview. So, yeah. In my mind, Jaime, you're always here as well. <laughs> Let's hear Greta's conversation with Jaime. 
Jaime Camille, welcome to Nerdette. Thank you, Greta. How are you? Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be talking to you. Before we get started in me the too. real interview, hi Trisha. <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, she's there. So just bear with me, please. <laughs> so Thank before you. we get started with questions, can you please just say Rogelio de la Vega the way you do? But of course, it's a uh, uh, hi. My name is Rogelio de la Vega. <laughs> you kind of like want to spit something out, but you actually don't have anything to spit. It's, it's like a healthy balance between spitting and rolling your R's. I see. So how much fun <laughs> is it to play this character? It's so much fun. I mean, first of all, I am very lucky because I am given brilliant material to work with. Uh, Jenny snyder Ehrman, our showrunner, she's just amazing. And our writers are brilliant. I mean, we are just given great material to work with. And we don't ad-lib in this show. We stick to every single letter and every single word that is given to us in the book. And, and that's amazing. I mean, that tells you how powerful uh, the material is and, and how uh, efficient it is. No kidding. So do you get a chance to play around with scripts at all? Like, do you have ideas from your own past that you bring into things maybe? I think uh, we play with the execution of the lines, but pretty much the, the material is there in the book. It's just there. It, and it's brilliant. And that, I mean, I've had my share of working in shows, in sitcoms in Mexico. I've done more films, actually, than, than sitcoms or telenovelas. But, uh, but you know, when you're an actor, you, you kind of like bring your stuff into the book, into the lines. And in this particular project, everything is so powerful. Powerful and, and the, the material is so great that you, you don't have to. So what do you think you and Rogelio have in common? Absolutely. We love lavender. No, I'm kidding. I hate <laughs> lavender. And uh, no, I, I don't know. I think I think probably I'm a dad of two. I have a, a beautiful five and a half year old daughter and a two and a half year old son. And I love them to life. I mean, I'm really involved with my kids and I love them and I love my wife. And, I'm a, you know, I love my family. And, and I think that I have that in common with Rogelio that, that, that you know, his family is everything. So what about manicures, though? And, of course, manicures and pedicures. Thank you. <laughs> and massage and, you know, and avocado masks. But for Rogelio, that's in the same level of importance as family. Do you have a favorite Rogelio quote or philosophy? Oh, I don't know. Like, for example, last episode, uh, Xiomara was like, listen, I know something's wrong. You're a great actor. And he very quickly goes like, I know. Thank you. <laughs> like, like those little things to reassure himself. I think those are very funny bits. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think is so relatable about a show like Jane the Virgin? You know, I mean, you have all of these yeah. characters who are, you know, maybe different looking from a lot of the audience here in the U.S., but yeah. people love this show. Well, they're humans. It's a show written for human beings, not for a certain ethnicity or demographic. And I think that's a clue for of, of Jane's success. Um, Jane's family, Gina Rodriguez, who is brilliant at, at Jane and a beautiful, beautiful person, yeah, she happens to be Latina, and we happen to be working with a family that has a Hispanic heritage. But, I mean, that's just nothing. That's just a little extra thing that we have on the show. The, the show, it's we could be from Vietnam. We could be from Turkey. We could be from Germany. I mean, it, it's the, the, the show tells stories about humans, about human beings and their struggles, and regardless of their ethnicity or their demographics. I think... The relatability in Jane the Virgin is huge. I also really appreciate the ridiculousness of it, too. Uh -huh. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, it's a telenovela. And while I haven't actually seen any telenovelas, I am familiar with, you know, at least American soap operas. And just that idea that, like, you'll end up with ridiculous, incredible, amazing, mind-blowing, absurd mm. plot twists. Yeah. But I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the telenovela tradition. Like, what else is a part of Jane the Virgin's DNA that maybe people who are watching who aren't super familiar with them are missing. I think Jane 
it actually takes a lot of elements from the telenovela world, but it's not actually a telenovela per se. Mm. It, it's more like a, like a series, like a show you would see in the CW network. Uh, you know, like the mainstream market can relate to the show with these little elements like, you know, the evil twin sister or the guy that is dead, but it's really not dead because he had a twin brother. You know, I mean, those kinds of things. In the novelas, just for you to have an idea, I was working in a telenovela in Mexico where the main actress became pregnant. In real life, not in the story, right? Uh So the producer, the showrunner was like, oh my God, she's pregnant. I mean, we can't go on. So I have the perfect solution. The house is going to have like a fire and then the fire will deform her face (laughs) and then we'll put like a bandage, you know, covering her face. And when she gets better, it's another actress. Whoa. Yeah. I wonder what you think Jane the Virgin has done to add dimensions to the portrayal of Latin American people on TV in the United States. A lot. I mean, kudos to Mark Pedowitz, the CW president and our network executives and our producer, Ben Silverman, and, you know, Jenny Ehrman, because just the fact that we're portraying Latinos without having to scream tacos or fiesta in every single uh, line or 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 talk like this because we're supposed to be Latinos and Latinos talk like this. You know, ju- just the fact that they're portrayed as normal people, mm-hmm. normal middle class America, you know, they live with their struggles and they struggle to get by every single day. Just the fact that they're portrayed as normal people, that's just, uh, I mean, amazing. It, it, it's a win. Another thing I love about the show is how much it's addressing the current political climate without being really heavy handed about it. Like it's still lighthearted and fun, even though you're dealing with really serious issues around, you know, what it's like to be an undocumented person worrying about ice raids, for example. Yes. Yes. I think uh, it's the responsibility of the showrunner to speak out when, when these things happen. But in a very, you know, we, we are, we, we don't have a political channel. We, we're not CNN. I mean, we are a show on the CW that is meant to entertain people. So we're not going to get that heavy in the political scenario or anything, but we are going to address these issues in the way you will, you would address them over coffee with your friends. Maybe not, because, you know, when you address political issues over coffee with your friends, friendships sometimes end. Mm -hmm. So we don't go that deep into them, but we do address them. And I think it's important to create some conscience, especially with the political vibe that this country is living right now, which is kind of like uncertain and and contradictory. And I mean, it's just uh, there's a lot going on. And I think it's uh, the responsibility of, of whoever has the power of communicating to the masses a fair point of view. Like the last line that that Jane had, you know, freedom of speech is not about being comfortable with only the speech you like or when they praise you. It's about freedom of speech, all kinds of speech, not just the one that favors you. After the break, more with Jaime, including a fun fact about Lin-Manuel Miranda. Well, I I did a movie with Lin-Manuel. We did a movie together, 200 Cartas, 200 Letters, in Puerto Rico. So um, he's, a, he's a good friend, and he's uh, so talented. You're listening to Nerdette. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer, Sundays, exclusively on Max, 
and listen to the Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. So you mentioned a couple of kind of typical telenovela concepts like evil twins or the guy who's dead who turns out to not be really dead. I think it was in my, in the third episode of Jane the Virgin, there was a plot twist that just totally blew my mind. And it was when I knew that I was just like all into watching this show. And it's when the guy falls from the balcony of the hotel onto the ice sculpture of the swordfish oh and is impaled yeah, and yeah. dies. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to watch the <laughs> hell out of this show. This is so amazing. I wonder, do you have a favorite plot twist? I don't know. I think, uh, well, you know, we, don't, we are not giving the scripts in advance, right? Oh, really? Yeah, we're not. We, For example, we found out who Sin Rostro was at the table read. We were reading, and oh then sometimes as a cast, because we're very tight as a cast, you know, that we hear some horror stories in Hollywood about how, you know, cast, they can't stand each other, or the leads, they don't want to see each other. You know, it's just this ridiculous Hollywood bullshit thing, and that we don't have. We are a cast that we love each other very, very much, and we have like a open chat where we like invite to family gatherings and this and that and you know hiatus for us it's painful because we don't want to be away from each other so right now I'm on hiatus and we're like oh my god I can't wait to be back with my family and and to shoot this show Mm. so we have a very tight relationship and we are like a family so sometimes we we get the scripts one day before the official table read and so two days before we start shooting the episode. Wow. And sometimes we're like, okay, we we take the chat and we're like, hey, listen, let's not read the season finale until we are at the table read. Okay, cool. Okay, okay, deal, deal, whatever. So sometimes we do these things and we are reading the script and we are finding out stuff and discovering plot twists the same way the audience discovers them. I mean, it's just, it's so fun. And as an actor, that's amazing because you don't get to cheat. You know, when you know what's going to happen in a certain episode, you can you might say to yourself, okay, I'm going to play like this and like this, and I'm going to do it like this, and I'm going to execute this situation like this. So when you are, like, surprised by what's going to happen, I think you don't lose your ex- spontaneity. Spontaneity, yeah. Tu espontaneidad. You don't lose it. I think authenticity, too. I think to a certain exactly. extent, then it's it's your own feelings going into the role in a really powerful way. And I think I didn't answer your question, right? You didn't, but you answered a very interesting <laughs> thing, nonetheless. This is what we call in politics, pivot. <laughs> <laughs> you're not flip-flopping, you're just pivoting. Exactly. <laughs> no, what was your question? It, it was a good question, and I, want, and I want to answer it. It was about your favorite plot twist. Oh, yeah. I love Petra. I love Yael Grobla's uh, character. And we finally had a first scene together. I don't know if you remember the scene where, where we can't understand each other because yes. we both have very thick accents. Yes. <laughs> well, since you were shooting all over the hotel that night, I'm just hoping you'll find some footage of Scott. Uh, I'm sorry, can you please slow down? Hmm? Your accent is very strong. Oh, I love this part! You laugh at a port? Why would I laugh at a parrot? No, I'm just saying this is such a gem. Well, can't you go to the gym later? There's hours and hours of footage here. Or what? What? Please, just slow down. And Yael and I, we were laughing so hard. When we were rehearsing the scene before shooting it, we were having such a good time. And Yael is such a beautiful girl. I mean, she's so nice. She has a beautiful heart. 
every single cast member has a beautiful heart. And so it was it was very fun to do that scene with her. And I wish we, we have more, you know. It makes me so happy to know that you guys actually like each other because I think I would just be devastated if I found out that it was just cat fights behind the scenes with you guys. Well, to be honest, I mean, if they were cat fights, I would probably lie to you and, and tell you <laughs> like that we are have a great that relationship. That everyone is but, beautiful. <laughs> exactly. No, but we honestly, we when we got picked up as a pilot, we had the first table read with Mark Pedowitz and all the network executives, and we were there, and the energy was so amazing. We finished the read, and we hugged each other. Like, we did like a like a huddle. We, we embraced each other and said, listen, no matter what's going to happen with the show, if it moves forward, it gets canceled, whatever happens, let's promise we will always love this moment. We will always cherish and remember this amazing moment we had of getting picked up, you know, going to series, et cetera, and let's always be humble. And that's it. So every single person that comes to the show, day players, guest starring roles, whoever, we embrace them. How are you? Please sit with us. This is where we sit. Here's a book for you. Here's a backpack we did for you. And everybody looked at us like, these guys are either on drugs, like constantly on <laughs> on happy drugs, or this is not Hollywood or we're shooting in Wisconsin. I mean, what the hell is wrong with this Hollywood thing? And I think that transcends the screen. And maybe that's why people connect with Jane the Virgin so much, because we connect with each other so deeply as cast members that I think that's transmitted. It absolutely is. I think that's why it makes me so happy. Yay. (laughs) Yay. I'm really interested to hear in your career leading up to Jane the Virgin. Also, you started in radio, right? Can you imagine? Yes. I can imagine. Radioactivo 98 y medio. Yes. It was, uh, you're going to love the story. It was a, a radio show produced by... Alejandro González Iñárritu, the Oscar-winning director of The Revenant right. and of Birdman and a, a lot of uh, brilliant shows. Wow. Yeah. Alejandro was one of the most important um, DJs in Mexico, in Latin America. He was, you know, his voice is amazing for radio. And then Martín Hernández, who is also a very important uh, DJ in Mexico, he is also an Oscar-nominated musical producer because he designs the sound for every single Alejandro González oh, Iñárritu cool. movie. So what did you do on the radio? I was uh, I was producing. I was, first of all, you know, you have to start from the bottom. So I was first editing editing voices then I was the master editor for the for the shows once they were produced and then I I was offered the the morning show so it was you know the, you know the classic morning show you arrive there at 3 a.m and yep. you go on the air at 6 a.m and it's it's just brutal because all your times I mean the way you live changes because you sleep during I mean it's just crazy but uh yeah do you miss anything about those days a lot. I miss radio a lot. It was such a beautiful and, and liberating. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a liberating thing to be able to talk and, and, you know, be prudent on what you're saying, but also be honest, but at the same time, understanding the responsibility you have because you're heard by millions of people. So, I mean, it's just it's just beautiful. I think radio, it's, it's beautiful. The way you play with the people's imagination, like if we say that we are right now in a beautiful Puerto Vallarta beach and we have the sound effects and everything, people will believe that we are on a beach and and I think that uh, that that fact of radio is just beautiful I like it too I like the fact that it is a non-visual medium because I could be wearing my pajamas right now C- can you see me now are you <laughs> where's okay where's the camera Sh- turn turn it off now so you also had some time as a pop star well, I, yes, thank you. You were very kind. We actually have some music I think we will listen to called Demon. Oh my God. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> 
Tony, right? Thank you, Lord, for no. inventing that. <laughs> so I've heard you still sort of consider musical theater to really be your home. Is that true? Without a doubt, yeah. Without a doubt, I love being on stage. I love being on stage. I, that's where I feel the most complete. Uh, it's like fish in the water scenario for me. I just, I just love it. So what about being on stage feels different from being on TV? Is it sort of feeding off that direct audience engagement? De- definitely that, of course. Every single performance is a new performance because you feed off the audience. So it's uh, and, and of your fellow actors and, and the energy and the vibe and, and how the orchestra is, is like feeling. I mean, it's a continuous feedback of so many elements that they have to come together in the, in the most perfect way in order to give the audience the experience of, you know, they go, they sit, they watch the play, and it's going to be probably the first and only time they're going to see the play. So they deserve your very best. Every time an audience member sits on the theater and and watches a play, you have to give them your best every single performance. And that drive of excellence, I just love that. You know, I, I, I love that feeling of being on stage and singing and dancing and acting, and, and you only have one take. It's not like, I don't know if you're familiar with Chicago with a, with a play. A little bit. Not, you know, this is actually, this is when it is a bummer that Trisha's not here because she is very intimately familiar with all of musical theater. You keep shutting her down. She's there. All right. So you could, you can tell Trisha about it. She's just, she just doesn't <laughs> feel like talking. She doesn't feel like talking. But uh, when they introduce Billy Flynn, you know, all the girls, they do. Do you remember the movie? Yes. Do you watch the movie? Yes. You know the, we want Billy, give us Billy. You know the girls? You know, just that drive of being backstage and, and hearing the girls like, very sexy singing like <laughs> we want Billy, whatever. And then you go out and it's everybody here. It's everybody ready. And then, boom, you feel right there. The audience engaged in you. It's just it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just uh, it's just an amazing experience. You know what? Our very clever producer, Candace, actually has this clip queued up. Let's listen to it. Oh, my God. That's what he's here for. I don't care for wearing silk cravats, ruby studs, satin spats. Don't mean a thing. All I care about is love. All he cares about is love. <laughs> it, it's incredible how I listen to that clip. You know, the producers, they have the nerve of taping the first performance. Really? So I can, you know, I, I can listen to my voice being a little bit kind of nervous and hesitant. but Because, you know, when you do theater, it takes you at least four to five weeks to get the character in your bones, like in your system. Like, okay, now I feel comfortable with Billy Flynn. Now yeah. I'm Billy Flynn, right? Huh. So when you are a guest star in, a, in the longest running American Broadway show, which is Chicago, you know, the, the longest running show is Phantom, but that's British. So the longest American Broadway show is Chicago for 20 years. So when you're putting into the show, you only rehearse for 10 days. 
and you have to learn everything in 10 days. And then you have one day prior to your first performance, you do a put-in. So you put your numbers into the stage with the rest of the cast. And then the day of your performance, it, like three hours before, you do a like a full-on dress rehearsal. And then you go on stage. I mean, it's really... Wow. It's really stressful. And they recorded this. And when I saw the video, I'm like, okay, well, it's not that bad. I mean, for the first performance and... But that first performance, I started to understand what I was doing halfway through the second act. <laughs> wow. I was like, okay, I'm here. I see actors. Okay. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, oh my God. I'm, do- I'm actually doing it. This is it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was the first, first, first performance. Wow. That's incredible. So how much do you love Hamilton? Oof. Well, I, I did a movie with Lin-Manuel. We did a movie together, 200 Cartas, 200 Letters in in Puerto Rico. Wow. Yeah, he's a, he's a good friend and he's so talented. And I saw Hamilton, but I couldn't see it with him because I was, you know, in, on Broadway, when you work on a play, we all work on plays oh, right. at the same time, right? <laughs> sure. So it's not like, oh, by the way, Billy Flynn, no, I'm, I'm not doing it today. I'm going to, Hall- to Hamilton. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So on my day off, which was, I think, uh, Chicago is dark on Wednesday. So Wednesday, I went to see it. And unfortunately, Lin-Manuel wasn't there anymore. So I saw it with a new Hamilton with Miguel Cervantes. Oh, cool. Yeah. And oh my God, it was such a wonderful, I mean, clever rhythm. Lin-Manuel is a, it's a genius. I mean, he's just a genius. Is there a Broadway role that you feel like you were born for that you're still waiting to take on? I would love to do Sweeney Todd. That would be very fun. That would be, that would be lovely. And especially, I think, I think the love for that play came when I saw uh, Johnny Depp in the movie. Yes. And that's why, oh my God, I would love to do that play. Because, you know, it's the, it's the same with Chicago. Chicago was written for the stage. It wasn't written for the screen. So, so you watch the movie and yeah, all right. But, you know, it, it was born on the stage. It wasn't born for screen. So it makes way more sense when you watch it in a theater. So I have to tell you, I just texted Trisha and told her that you and Lynn manuel Miranda are friends. And she responds, what? I am dead, what? <laughs> Trisha, come on, just speak up. Don't worry. In just a minute, the truth is out there, and so is Jaime's homework. His homework is out there. This is Nerdette. been such a pleasure to talk with you. So we have one more question for you before we let you go. Whatever you need, of course. Which is, we would love for you to assign our listeners homework. Okay, so I, I'm i going to go light. Okay. I'm going to go light and superficial. I Please watch Ancient Aliens. Ooh. Have you watched this show? No, tell me. I haven't even oh heard of it. Oh my dear God, it's so good. It's about the theory that we have been visited by aliens many times and, and how oh, cool. aliens <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm sorry you asked me and I'm going for it no, and I'm very sorry no don't but apologize ancient ancient aliens it's a very interesting show that I am completely addicted to ancient aliens alright we'll check it out yeah, definitely Jaime Camille thank you so much for coming on Nerdette this has been really really fun thank you Greta it was a pleasure being here and thank you Trisha I know you're very uh, you know you don't want to you know whatever but I mean yes you're there in my mind you're there so thank you but but thank you for having me (laughs) oh you're the best ancient aliens on the history channel 
This is good homework. That's pretty wild homework. I was not expecting that. So here are some names of episodes of Ancient Aliens. Oh, good. In case you want to know. Uh-huh. Forged by the Gods. Uh-huh. The Mystery of Rudlow Manor. Oh. I would watch anything called The Mystery of Anything, really. <laughs> so I'm in. I will do this homework, Jaime. <laughs> As your imaginary friend, I accept. <laughs> wow, they're on season 12. Oh, wow. It seems like now it would just be present-day aliens. <laughs> like, when are they going to catch up? That's a, that's a really good question, actually. I wonder where they are now. The truth is out there. Or if they just jump around. No, oh, that's Doctor Who. That's a different show. Mm. I wonder if he likes Doctor Who. We should have asked him. Oh, my God. Can he be the doctor? Oh, my God. Jaime is the doctor. That's the hashtag. Jaime needs to be the next doctor in Doctor Who. <laughs> Jaime does need to be the next doctor. That would be amazing. I would watch that well, on you a would, loop. You would watch it regardless. I would watch Jaime do anything and I would watch Doctor Who no matter what. But I would quit my job and travel the world telling people to watch Doctor Who <laughs> if Jaime was the doctor. <laughs> Let's do it. And his companion? Clearly. Lin-Manuel. Oh, my God. Get on it, BBC. Until I quit my job and travel the world to advocate for Jaime as the doctor on Doctor Who, I will keep making this show with you, Greta, which is Nerdette. Thanks, Trisha. Our producer is Candice Mattel. Our executive producer is Joel Meyer. And our intern is Brady Guy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on NPR One. You can also listen in the WBEZ app. You know what else is really nice is if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. Thanks to Cindy Braden 04 and AMB236 for the awesome reviews. Do you think their name is Amber or that they're a fan of ambiance? I like to think ambiance, actually. That was ambiance. 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 <laughs> I think I want to name a pet ambiance. Ambiance is really good. As a radio nerd who loves Beyonce. Yeah. Ambiance. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are on all of those things as at Nerdette Podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. Do your homework. Do your homework. Rogelio. Rogelio de la Vega. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer Podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.